everyone. Welcome to the voice of Dr. Yin, and I'm your host, Dr. Li Meng Yin. In this episode, again we invite our regular guest Edward Hoffman. Edward Hoffman is a retired federal senior executive and U.S. Air Force vet. His over four decades of service in including uh, includes service as senior leader in the intelligence community and Department of Defense, Home Security, Energy, and State. He served as a senior advisor to several intelligence uh, community agency heads, the Assistant Inspector General for Inspections for the IC, Chairman of CIA Strategic Planning, a Deputy Team Lead for the INF on-site nuclear arms inspections in the former Soviet Union, and as an award-winning CIA intelligence analyst. He is currently an independent consultant focusing on cognitive warfare. He is also a regular host on the National Security Hour on the America Out Loud Radio Network. And as you may have already listened to our episodes, Edward and I have been done the discussion on the cognitive warfare for several episodes and every time we do it on the uh, voice of Dr. Yen, and also we do it on the National Security Hour as well. Of course, different uh, content, different discussion. So this is the latest episode between me and Edward. Hi, Edward. Welcome back to the voice of Dr. Yen. Dr. Yen, it's always a pleasure to talk to you on these very important topics. I look forward to today's discussion. Thank you so much. So just before our discussion, first, I want to introduce one article to our audience. This article was published to public on September last year by the one of Chinese government state around uh, state uh, state controlled media. So this media, Guancha. Dossian uh, is also called as the Russian Today in China. Basically, it means it's for official propaganda. And this article, although it was published by another so-called author team, however, based on our sources, we believe it's most probably come out from the author of the unrestricted warfare that book which we have been discussed for long chao liang so chao liang is a military high-ranking officer and he served in people's liberation army he is also very aggressive for chinese communism and the nationalism theory and as we have discussed in his previous book back to almost 20, over 20 years ago, they talk about unrestricted warfare, and it's really what we are seeing now. So in this latest article, which was initially published by our source, that published by the think tank for Chinese Communist Party. So it was an internal document. However, because it's also a very good propaganda for them to incite the nationalism and also 
to work for CCP's strategy. So they have done a modify. Uh, they have done little modification to avoid the sensitive part and then publish the last year to people. So we now want to discuss part of this article because it's a long article. And we want to discuss part of that with Edward because according to our understanding, this article actually can be considered as a fundamental theory for the expansion and aggression of Xi Jinping CCP regime. And the ultimate goal from this theory is to end America and Western civilization using Chinese nationalism and communism. So in this article, it integrates with Xi Jinping's thought and uh, consistent with the ongoing CCP's propaganda and national strategy. And dear Edward, I know this is a long article, so basically it includes eight points about this theory, and this is the kind of update for the uh, unrestricted warfare theory. So first, I want to listen to your opinion as we discussed before. Uh, I want to focus on the point three in this article. In this point three, basically it says that U.S. and China decoupling is an issue of ex existential threats. Yeah, so this is CCP's thinking. They believe this crisis will be, uh, decide the life and the death of China. And the biggest con consensus in America, according to CCP, is America treat China as top enemy. So they called it anti-China. And then China said China had already choose the solution of empowering empowerment and the fight. It verdict uh, it, uh, it the end of US. So means China has already made decision to fight against the U.S. until the end of U.S. to save China. And then China must unite a broad coalition in politics and economy with Russia in the Russian-Ukraine war, uh, war and make the clear judgment in advance. So here we all talk about the communist China, and this is their opinion and this is how they uh what the uh, this is the kind of opinion they use to make decision towards america and western civilization so could you let our audience know your opinion when you read this part from this article yes yeah, so thank you dr yen so it's, it's very fascinating to read this in terms of the the viewpoint that's uh laid out here uh, in terms of the decoupling issue being the existential threat, I can understand uh, where uh, China leadership in China views this as a case. Given if we do full decoupling, uh, much of the economic might China has currently will go out the window because most of that economic might is based on the U.S. and the the coupling we have right now. In my opinion, China has its own different productions aspects, but. A lot of their economy is driven by what we in the United States uh, need and have as relation with that. So that, I think, was very interesting. 
In terms of the coalitions, the coalitions is a critical factor that we've seen throughout uh, the communist nations uh, back in the old Soviet Union today, today uh, since the end of World War II, is they've tried to build different coalitions. And why is that? Because they need allies and partners to help feed uh, feed their needs from uh, minerals and other raw materials and energy and such. But they also need to try to build a broader alliance of folks either who are subjugated or who will acquiesce to their leadership in the world. And so watching them play this game with Russia is very interesting. And, and in this article, when they talk through the article itself and uh, the engagement with the, the, the five stands that, that border Russia, what's what pops out to me is is as uh, as the material that you sent is that uh, China is the top trading partner across Central Asia for those different stands. Russia comes in a close second, but the European Union and U.S. and the G7 is very far distant over. Now, why is this important? From my perspective, it's critically important because I think, as we've talked before, I think she is very smart and adept at playing the long game. And what I mean by that is. He is building this coalition with Russia, but I think in the long game, he views that Russia, after Putin leaves, will probably be open for pickings. And therefore, by laying out his ability to control the stands now, he sets the precedent then for having much greater influence and control over Russia once Putin dies, if that makes sense. I agree with you. She is waiting for the outcomes from the long-term strategy. It's definitely not a very short strategy. And also, this is a theory, to, as I always emphasize, maybe for audience, you will immediately uh, feel this there's some problem in the logics or this is based on bias. But you have to understand this is a theory that created by the Chinese Communist Party and the People's Liberation Army. And they have already tried to perfect it, combined with Chinese culture and a lot of content from ideology and also uh, blend in the current uh, geopolitical issues to try to make it more and more convincing. So they are using it to brainwash people. and. Uh, the point is we need to see through from the logics they provide that they treat America as the top enemy. And this is an enemy for CCP, is an enemy to decide whether CCP will live or death. So that's why we need to let our audience and also the related researchers and officers know this theory. And because this will provide you the better understanding of your opponent Chinese Communist Party and makes a better tactics against them. And Edward, as you have mentioned in your latest article, you said you always heard people talking about, oh, okay, uh, maybe we are not satisfied with what currently happened in the United States. We feel there are corruption and we feel there are a lot of things unfair. And uh, so 
whatever, we will wait until 2024 and we will have the next presidential election. And at that time, we would get a better opportunity to do more things. And so let's wait until 2024. What else can we do? So I have also heard a lot of similar talking uh, in this uh, in these days, so could you talk about your opinions more that China now, as you have discussed, they have already focused on uh, engaging against America and also pair with Russia and try to expand their allies, uh, their uh, their allies, and so. Do you, what do you think about this kind of uh, opinion that wait until 2024, wait until uh, the favorite president, uh, president come out, wait until the change at that time? Do you think we have enough time? Well, so I think that's very dangerous uh, for us to wait till 2024. The, the, in my opinion, the sad part, though, is, is I think uh, literally that we have a president uh, and President Biden, who was literally compromised by both China and Russia and blackmailed by both China and Russia. And there's a number of indications to that. Uh, everything from the current uh, letter that uh, Christopher Wray is, is blocking the uh, House and Senate from seeing to the Hunter Biden laptop, uh, the business dealings and, and millions and billions of dollars in China without uh, credible backgrounds. And so uh, there's and then the representation of while he was vice president and and uh, playing policy games, so all those things speak to some level of of uh, compromise. In my opinion, I think that's extremely dangerous. What I think also lends to that is is uh, the waiting to 2024. What happens is President Biden will continue to advance his so-called green agenda, but. What exactly is the green agenda? Now, if I was she and I was looking for someone to be my patsy and lay forth an agenda that helps China economically, but also then at the same time subverts American e industrial, economic and energy power, that's the climate agenda. I mean, they look at the wind farms, the solar farms, the electronic vehicles. All those are made in China and, and reducing our energy uh, capabilities uh, the capabilities of our own, uh, uh, even washing machines, dryers, etc., and uh, reducing the energy production. All this drives a greater dependency on uh, outside sources, which, of course, China now with Saudi Arabia, right, has a much stronger relationship and so much stronger ability to control potentially the oil. With the electronic vehicles and such, what, what happens there and the other agendas for the clean energy that reduces our ability as he's drained the strategic reserves to an extremely low level. And then lastly, uh, Xi, again, takes the long term on this, and he very adeptly applies the uh, concepts in, in reality of the unrestricted warfare in that he is doing to us what we did to the Soviet Union during the Cold War. With, with Russia and in the Ukraine, they're bleeding our weaponry dry. And, and there's recent articles that just came out that talked about uh, just, just fact is that our weapon supplies, if we had to go into a major conflict with China in Taiwan, are so depleted that we would not be able to fight that fight. And so from energy to munitions, 
to and then lastly the financial market aspect is you've seen china making a great play with these other countries to try to replace the dollar and so how could they do that they could do that very easily by causing a significant disruption in the global financial markets causing the us to go into a major recession and and if that happens then china has a ability to potentially step in and exchange, and change, replace the dollar with the with the yen and that's very dangerous from all accounts so yeah it's very adept strategy it's multifaceted and i don't think people here in the united states fully realize that they still president biden still in his administration pushes for this uh, uh go along get along strategy as you know sort of peaceful coexistence whereas you said and you're right on it is that china is looking at us as the number one enemy and actually doing everything they can to subvert us back, back to you dr yan thank you edward yeah as you just mentioned that you mentioned so many opportunities and actually this is not only opportunity uh, a lot of some already ongoing crisis that china is launching against america including the they want to change the world order based on the us dollar and this is already not a secret and maybe the public are not familiar with it but we have already seen a lot of tactics China applied to change the uh, financial order worldwide. And even actually in this article we are now discussing, uh, they have already mentioned in uh, point two that they mentioned Kissinger. The, we all know Kissinger is a very pro-China, pro-CCP American influencer and he politician and he has uh, always emphasized that China and America should build the new world order to avoid the uh, tragedy happening in World War One. And however, according to CCP's opinion, as shown in this article, they clearly mention there is no common foundation between China and the U.S. to build the new world order as Kissinger advocates because China doesn't allow another country to share the benefits with China, to compete with China, and also China believe America won't allow China to do so. And that's why China claim this is the crisis related to the existence. And also, they, when they talk about the decoupling, they Based on this, they said, because you cannot build a common world order. That's why there uh, is a necessary for the decoupling. And also, that's why China has to think about how to win during the decoupling. And then it goes to the next point I want to discuss with you. As the next point, the point four in this article said, it says the nature of the dispute between China and America is a right to the existence. They, they again emphasize the existence because they want to create the impression to the readers that you either work with China, fight against America, or you will die with America because China will try its best to beat America. And then there are several uh, points he mentioned in this part that is not a dispute about ideology. 
system and the civilization. The future war is inevitable because the United States need a war to end China for survival. The war between China and the U.S. must be devastating without any rules and restriction. And Putin is a great example for Chinese Communist Party to change the world order, to beat America or drag America to hell together. So may I know your opinion, Edward, on this part in this article? No, no, thank you, Dr. Yen. What what really strikes me here is when you look at our Department of State and Tony Blinken, and you take a look at the president, again, a compromised president, and people in the House and Senate, both Democrats and Republicans, and you read these types of articles, and you see this often repeated for many of our enemies, like in Iran, you know, death to America. And so here they come out and basically say they go, they want to undermine, attack, and destroy America. Yet our cognitive dissonance is such that somehow our political leaders and our military leaders all read this as, as this is uh, uh, just a bluster and uh, and a lot of a lot of saber rattling by China, but they forget they forget that what's been going on here behind the doors that most Americans aren't aware of <clears throat> is a very strong multifaceted strategy that not only are they stealing our research and development, but they continue to undertake a variety of different efforts individually and with Russia in the cyber realm to then set up to destabilize and cripple our infrastructure. And America's, uh, and recently, you know, uh, uh, I think it was Microsoft revealed the Chinese had been trying to, over the last couple of years here, in a very uh, uh, covert manner, very sly manner, embed different elements in our infrastructure to then be able to take it out when they need to, under the code name Volt Typhoon, and another uh, secure uh, element code name Bronze Silhouette. Both had trademarks of hackers from, from Taiwan. And our NASA security agency, the FBI, uh, Department of Homeland, all came out, the Five Eyes, our British partners, New England, Canada, et cetera, all came out and aware of this and acknowledge this. But when you see this level of continued attack and the balloon, for example, and there's no retribution, there's no consequences to China, one has to wonder is who's in charge and and how asleep at the wheel our politicians are. Uh, lastly, you'll hear folks like Chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff Milley and Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin talk about China and the great threat that we need to face with them uh, regarding Taiwan and that we need to build up our arms and such. But as you and I know, both in the unrestricted warfare, the primary battle that's ongoing is the cognitive warfare battle in the cognitive domain. It's not kinetic. And they're winning this battle because they're undermining a variety of different things. And, and then lastly, is, is we'll probably touch on this more, China's used this open border policy here, and based on their inevitable focus on war, they've put tens of thousands of young Chinese men into the United States under the auspices of saying they were seeking asylum. But as we've talked in prior programs, this is just a ruse. And so you have all these equivalent of military age, special operations capable people 
entering the United States and being distributed across the United States. And for what purpose? I mean, you could set up a more uh, pristine inside job with 10,000 plus Chinese agents across the United States, let alone all these other efforts they have underway. And it's like the next thing you're going to see is America is going to wake up and find it's too late and that we're, we're going to be crippled by China from within under our own subversion with the help of our own government. Trouble concentrating or recalling information is frustrating, embarrassing, and kills productivity. Nutrition company Healthy Cell created Focus and Recall to boost your brain power. Unlike other supplements that don't work, Focus and Recall is not a pill. It's a gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed ingredients to help you immediately sharpen focus, concentrate longer, and strengthen recall. Go to HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Risk-free. Love it or your money back. Guaranteed. HealthyCell.com. Code out loud. Millions of Americans are needlessly suffering from the long-haul effects of the toxic spike protein. Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at the Wellness Company designed their spike support formula to counteract harmful spike protein from COVID-19 and vaccines so you can feel your best. Go to OutLoudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Whether you're an independent, a Democrat, or a Republican, one thing remains true. Airborne viruses love us equally. You've all heard Malcolm and the great Dr. Peter McCullough talk about the advanced nasal solution, Cofix RX. Cofix is made in the USA and recommended by thousands of doctors and pharmacists nationwide. Spray goodbye to colds and flus with a Cofix RX nasal solution cleanse. That's cofixrx.com. Save 20% by using promo code OUTLOUD at cofixrx.com. We are fighting the ultimate fight between good and evil. AmericaOutloud.com replaces groupthink with innovative think. Well, it was Walt Whitman, the poet, who said, Keep your face always toward the sunshine, and shadows will fall behind you. America Out Loud Talk Radio. Liberty and justice for all. everyone, welcome back to the voice of Dr. Yin. And in this episode, in the last section, my guest Edward Hogland has also discussed with us about the uh, CCP's updating version of their unrestricted warfare and how they treat America as the top enemy and why China doesn't believe there is a common uh, order between U.S. and China worldwide, but China need to uh, end U.S. And basically, according to CCP's propaganda and their theory, they believe that U.S. is a threat for China's existence, I mean, communist China. So they believe this is an issue about either life or death. So they prefer to work and they not only prefer, they have made the decision to tightly work with Russia and learn from Putin to be very tough to the United States, to fight against the United States, and finally, either they win or they will drag the United States to hell together. This is all their own words. And so based on that, as we have known, China in the recent years, especially 
since the COVID-19 pandemic become more and more aggressive. Previously, back to almost uh, over 10 years ago, when Chairman Xi Jinping just became the chairman, the president of CCP and the People's Liberation Army, there are a lot of, uh, no matter the politicians or the uh, researchers and from the mainstream media, they, they give a lot of expectation to Xi Jinping. They thought he would be a mild leader and continue the good relationship between China and the U.S. and bring the uh, world into a better stage. However, Xi Jinping is never the person you expected. So as we have seen now, I want to introduce another article written in Chinese and published by another think tank belong to CCP, Qing'an Strategic, Strategic Think Tank. And this publication was published just very recently, like two, three days ago. And the author is not an ordinary author. The author's name is Wu Haijun, and he is actually the colonel of People's Liberation Army Reserves. He has held a PhD in information security from the Information Engineering University of the Chinese People's Liberation Army. And his current titles, including the Deputy Editor-in-Chief of Civil-Military Integration on Cyberspace, Executive Deputy Director of the Working Committee of the Think Tank of Civil-Military Integration on, civil, on Cyberspace, Director of Internet Policy and the Law Research Center, Tianjin University, by the way, he worked in the civil university and this civil university for American researchers in biology, in the bioweapon, they, they claim this is a civil university in China and they are working on a lot of collaboration for the biodefense between China through this university. And also the Hey, uh, Lu Haijun is the executive deputy director of the Spatial Committee on Anti-Terrorism uh, and Network Security Governance of the Chinese Police Law Security. And he's the director of Cyberspace Strategic Research Center, National Innovation and Development Strategic Research Association. Also, he's adjunct professor of Tianjin University and Fudan University, two so-called top civil university in China. And he is a special appointed researcher in Shanghai Academy of Social Science. So this all, all these titles I read it is because this to tell you, he is not just an ordinary researcher or ordinary author who is blah, 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 talking about his ideas. In this article, what you will hear is already representative of the CCP, the People's Liberation Army, the high-ranking officer's opinion, and which also means this is the opinion that supporting Xi Jinping's thought and Xi Jinping approve, um, I mean, encourage this kind of uh, theory. So in this article, he has talked about, this is, if the wolf come, there will be gone, and the 
war alarm is already uh, already raining, and Chinese people need the realistic mobilization for the war. This is the title. And this is also another uh, long article, so we don't have the English translation yet, but just in this episode, as I talked with Edward, we want to introduce part of the thinking from the, the point from this um, article to our people. And we will continuously talking about this uh, as what we will talk about the other paper from Chao Liang uh, in the future episodes. In this article, it talked about the recent, uh, recently uh, finished that conference in Singapore, Shangri-La Dialogue. And in this Shangri-La Dialogue, China uh, uh, director, the, the Minister of Department of Defense have met the international uh, high-ranking officers from uh, all over the world, including American uh, uh, director of the De uh, Department of Defense and other generals and other intelligence uh, officials. And in this conference, what China learned is China believed According to this paper and other CCP's propaganda, China believes that U.S. and the U.S. allies are working together against China. So China must be tough and must fight against them. So they claim that in this conference, they have won the wonderful war. And they also believe that the what happened during this conference in Taiwan, in South China Sea, and all over the world, those intensive uh, events. A, like, for example, if you have remember last week, we, we see the news talking about one China uh, military flight uh, almost hit American surveillance uh, near the um, in the sky near the uh, near Singapore, and China has done the very dangerous action, uh, try to stop the American Air Force flight, and they, they finally uh, try to blame America for this almost happened accident, and luckily American side avoid of that. So China's opinion from this article is it talk about all these things happen now. It's because U.S. won and China. So that's why China must uh, like empower itself and China must work with Russia, must uh, enlarge their allies to fight against America. And uh, they have basically, he has mentioned several very important points to talk about how to mobilize Chinese people. One thing first I want to discuss with our people, uh, I want to hear Edward's opinion, is that China has talked about to mobilize 1.4 billion Chinese people in this article. It says to fight against America, we should have more confidence to do the mobilization uh, in all over China using 1.4 million Chinese people. And um, Biden has talking about when Taiwan has anything, America must defend Taiwan. So 
Chinese people must have the decision to uh, beat America or die in this war. So that's why they said we should prepare to fight against America and even we will make the war extend to the mainland of the United States. We have to prepare for the high quality war and then we need to using the nationalism to think about the uh, rejuvenation of the Chinese nation during the mobilization. We have to have this kind of preparation. So when they talk about to even attack the mainland uh, of United States, and they're talking about everyone in China must be mobilized by Chinese Communist Party, and they're already talking about realistic steps. So Edward, what do you think America's opinion is? And is, um, I mean, American intelligence researchers and also the agencies, uh, or legislators, do you think they have already been fully or partially aware of the importance of CCP's decision and their tactics? Well, so I think, I think maybe a little bit, but my honest opinion is I think they're still uh, living uh, and focused on the kinetic aspects and the World War II aspects with Taiwan. I think everything that you're talking about and everything that's discussed in this article here and the mobilization and stuff speaks to a couple of things I, I'd like to highlight. One is when you're trying to mobilize 1.4 billion people, what are you doing that for and what's the purpose? Well, obviously, just like any dictator, because all dictators are, in my mind, are suicidal by nature. So I think she realizes that he's in a tough position now. He's consolidated his power. He's reduced the number of people on his Politburo, as you've mentioned in your other programs. He's put his own people in, in place uh, for, uh, for, I think there's now seven primary uh, representatives there that, uh, that you mentioned. And his economy is having issues because not only did the COVID uh, murder over a million Americans, it's murdered tens of millions of Chinese. And then uh, to mobilize, why does he need to mobilize the 1.4 billion? Because he has to drive some sort of ideological distraction for his people to have them focus on some, again, created enemy. And that's where I think they're going with the United States here. But this is somewhat, in my opinion, also a head fake because I don't think Taiwan will ever be militarily invaded by China. They won't have to. Uh, they're, because right now, while they're doing this head fake with Taiwan and uh, bluster, they're undermining, subverting America from within. Uh, I mean... If you take a look at what I just talked about previously is the cyber intrusions to look at our critical infrastructure. They, as you noted, their relationship with Putin, what did Putin demonstrate to them? With the colonial pipeline shut down, he demonstrated you can cripple the United States throughout the United States within regions within with a very simple infrastructure impact on just the gas lines, just the gasoline supplies. Think about the electrical supplies and stuff. And what Americans don't understand is when they take about talk about bringing hell to America, if they do a full out infrastructure attack, which will be very hard to then uh, do attribution for within 48 hours, you no longer have food, water or other basic supplies for health. 
within 72 hours, you have mass chaos and mayhem in the United States and, and martial law. And then you've basically put America in pure hell because now you're going to have people dying by the thousands, if not millions, because of the lack of clean food, water and other things. And because of the panic and Americans don't understand that they wouldn't have to do this to the whole country. They could do it to a portion of the country. So when they, when this article talks about mobilizing the people, they're doing that in my opinion, because they need to create an enemy to have the people focus because she, I think is concerned about his own control and power in terms of the mobilization of the people and, and the necessary to do it, it's also understandable because they are going to need some forces and, and keep their own military in it. Why? Because the military controls the people. Most of the, I think 85% of the military is used just to control China's own population and keep them subjugated. And so these are things where if the U.S. intelligence community really thought about this, there's ways to subvert and cause Xi significant internal consternation. Same thing with Russia and Putin. Yet, what's our focus on? It's on preparing for a kinetic war in the main with mainland China and Taiwan that I don't think is ever going to happen. Uh, back to you, Dr. Yin. Thank you, Edward. Yes, I also don't think China is going to use a hot war against Taiwan. Although if there is chance, if U.S. ignores the opportunity, China would send their troops to Taiwan and replace the uh, military in Taiwan and basically just take over Taiwan in this way. However, according to the current situation, especially last August when Nancy Pelosi visited Taiwan and China cannot do anything to stop her because of the uh, difference in the capacity of the weapons and the uh, kinetic level. So China already almost, uh, uh, I mean, changed their strategies as they previously preferred. They're going to use the soft way to uh, take over the authority from Taiwan. And basically we can say that Taiwan has already uh, have a lot of uh, military people and the uh, politicians and also the business guys, media, of course, mainstream media, almost all of that, they already been controlled by CCP. So this is just a matter of time. China can do it little by little and to look for the good opportunity and peacefully take over Taiwan. So if America only focus on the hot war, kinetic war, and definitely you will ignore the big chance that China would win you in the alternative style. And also, as you have talked, uh, yes, China is looking for the vulnerability in, uh, in, in the mainland of the United States. Like if there a lot of CCP agents as China planned to send to US. And if they can do something to like the uh, create the uh, power program and make the power off in certain areas, or they can cause the outbreak as how they release the COVID-19 virus, or they can create some other kind of crisis, then within a short period, there will be a lot of panic and even uh, death in the United States. And actually this is also kind of implied uh, in the this article because when they talk about the mobilization in China, they have mentioned that 
we have already have the very good and uh, the high quality mobilization uh, trial in China because the during the anti-COVID period, the zero COVID policy, according to CCP, accumulate a lot of experience for them to know how to control people. Remember during that time, China make people just hungry to die and they can't get the treatment if there is an emergency happen and pregnant people cannot yes. give baby in the hospital. And so, and they send people to the huge camp hospital like the re-education re camps and they called it as a good experience, a rich experience for the mobilization for the war. And it's also consistent with the intelligence we got from China at that time. This huge zero COVID policy control is also the way for China to peacefully move, transfer China from the peaceful time to the war time. So they know once it happens, there will be death, there will be panic, there will be kind of protest. However, in China, they managed to control it and they learn how to control it better. And they don't mind about human lives, no humanity. However, when if it come to US, when it suddenly happened, when this kind of attack crisis happens in, in the United States, what will happen? Will it be better than the early uh, stage of the outbreak happened in US uh, back to 2020? I don't think so. So this will be how U.S. didn't see the chance to change the communist China, but China is looking for the chance to undermine and change the United States. So this is a very dangerous issue here, as you addressed. And also, they talk about if every Chinese person donate one missile, and then we... I mean, we mean CCP and PLA will have enough missile to distract, uh, to distract all the important targets in the United States from the national level and the military level. And then they mentioned they need to accelerate the uh, the manufacturing of weapons and also strategic uh, material storage. So as you mentioned. Will America has enough weapons? Will America produce enough weapons? Did America do the preparation to deal with the future war if China launched against America? I mean, this is a very important issue here. And what do you think based on uh, this kind of opinion from China? Do you think this is too far-fetched or do you think this is something will never uh, be uh, never happen in the real world or you would also think this is China's real idea and what do you think America should do or must do in this occasion? Well, well that's a great question. So, so when, you, when we take a look at where the balloon flew and the reconnaissance information it, it picked up, it went over critical U.S. Uh, nuclear missile sites and fields and basing for submarines and such. And when you take a look at that uh, information they've collected, uh, they could take out 
with the hypersonic missiles, some significant portion of those capabilities, more so with the agents they've been putting through the border, they realize we have a limited industrial base to be able to produce our own weaponry and such. And so much like we've seen food processing plants taken out across the United States in greater numbers in the last years, and also a number of more train derailments, each of these has given the Chinese uh, communists a greater insight in terms of the U.S. ability to react or not react. And so they can easily damage our ability to produce weapons and do that very rapidly. Uh, they've seen the response we had for the East Palestine chemical uh, train derailment, and they realized that uh, just a few of those types of activities would cause massive chaos throughout the U.S. and shut things down for, for weeks. And so there's a variety of ways that Americans no longer seem to appreciate that we can be brought to our knees and crippled significantly without much effort by China. And it doesn't require them to go to full out war. It just requires them to do a certain amount of sabotage or uh, subversion. And with the people they have entering the United States, with the data they collected uh, through TikTok, WeChat, other stuff, they know the people, the places, locations, and stuff down to a fine art. So it's, it's a very dangerous time for people in America who still think we have two oceans that can protect us. That's not the case. And so I think Xi is, is planning, as he has very wisely, a multifaceted strategy. And the last resort would be full-out war, uh, kinetic war, but limited to some place like Taiwan or stuff. But he won't need to do that. He again, he he fights the unrestricted, the cognitive war on multiple fronts. Then he has multiple pain points that he can cause the United States to cause us to have significant internal disruption. And if that happens, the rest of the world will realize China has now created a much more powerful force and ability to act, and that drives in further subjugation by those neighbors in in East, East Asia that that uh, they are close by. Back, back to you, Dr. Yuan. It's very troubling. Exactly. As, well. As we have seen that China is moving faster and faster and in many uh, kind of very um, unexpected, at least for the public, very unexpected way to try to create more problems against the United States. And for example, we just talk about the, the almost hating accident between the two flights between China and the U.S. Air Force. And also, we also know that recently another news happened in, um, around 3rd June that Chinese warship nearly hits U.S. destroyer in Taiwan Street during the joint, uh, joint Canada-U.S. mission, and it was taken by the journalist on the Canadian uh, destroyer uh, nearby. So in this, we will see a lot of this kind of things happen. It's definitely not an accident. And uh, also we have seen that... Uh, as I mentioned in the last episode, which we just want to uh, remind our audience that Xi Jinping has sent his eighth powerful um, helper, assistant Chen Wenqing to Russia at the end of May. And the Chen, basically uh, what his title is very long and he's the uh, sec uh, secretary of the Central Political and Legal Affairs Commission. But you can just consider it as he is a person controlled uh, 
like CIA, FBI, uh, police system, and the DOG in China. So such a person is the first time for CCP to promote this kind of previously uh, state security director to this position. It's kind of promote a CIA director to control all the law enforcement team and DOG and and the attorneys, whatever. And this person is sent to the to Russia to meet the previous the KGB trained officer. Uh, his name is Patrushev, uh, and Patrushev is the uh, secretary of Russian Security Council. And these two head of the intelligence uh, director in China and Russia, they announced to deepen the global collaboration to advance their national interest and securities guided by Xi Jinping and Putin. And I, I explained in the previous episode, this is a very significant and dangerous signal to the world. So image what will KGB and the GRU to do with the Chinese agents, PLA agents, and also uh, the other type of agents like the United Front Network. We have known that although America has been aware of Soviet Union and later Russia uh, for decades, but America really have helped China to get into United States. And in the past decades, China has successfully built a very massive network using people to infiltrate America in all the aspects. And basically we can consider it as for human, if US is a human, then the vessel, blood vessel network around your body is full of the Chinese Communist Party's agent. And now what can they do using the skills and experience they learned from Russia? And will it be related to the overseas PlayStation, the South Border, the the drug uh, issues and like the balloon things, like the uh like the other kind of subtext? So what do you think it it means to you? Is this a very dangerous signal? Uh, or what do you think the American must to do to do to reduce or prevent this kind of damage? Well, so that's a great question because the Americans have basically lost a big chance to prevent any of this damage from this relationship here. With that open borders, uh, they basically catch the Chinese uh, individual, hit the borders, then release them on their own cognizance like anyone else. What they need to start doing is to start uh, uh, taking those uh, individuals and shipping them back immediately or holding them in uh, proper holding cells and such because there are an imminent danger to the United States overall. They need to start deporting them immediately. But the relationship between KGB, the former KGB, uh, the Russia's secret service arm, and the CCP's uh, uh, military industrial elements this is a very dangerous relationship here because the K, uh, KGB, uh, prior KGB and today's uh, uh, Russian services know very well uh, how to maneuver across and within the United States based on uh, decades of their efforts here. They also know how to engage and recruit uh, spies within the United States very well. So when you have 10,000 plus Chinese coming in, plus you have these capabilities matched together, that brings a formidable force to then create a lot of havoc for the United States 
create a lot of dangerous situations, but also advance a whole new army of, of spies and stuff. So it's not a good thing. And, and our, our intelligence community and legislators need to start uh, pushing in laws to actually uh, force these folks to be deported immediately. And for those who've been released to also be captured and deported. Thank you so much, Edward. I also believe this is must do, and this is so urgent for Americans' national security and for everyone's security. And thank you so much for coming to The Voice of Dr. Yen. And The Voice of Dr. Yen will be uh, played on air at uh, 4 p.m. Eastern Time on Sunday and Saturday. And uh, also, you can listen to it after that through uh, different uh, apps like the Spotify, uh, Pandora, and Apple Podcast, and so many. And you can hear it from either a Mark Out Loud Radio Network, or you can hear it from different apps for free. Thank you. See you next time. Bye.